This is part two of our conversation on can Christians trust the Enneagram? Make sure you catch the first episode where we talk specifically about the origin and history of the Enneagram. Because it's kind of this like living, breathing, growing thing. Yeah, there's not one version of it. And especially in the last couple of years, it's become so popular that there, there isn't like this concrete, it's, it's, it's a developing theory. It's not a solidified, this is the Enneagram. There's lots of different versions of it. It's, it's, a, it's, it's sort of like a psychological theory. It's a theory of how humans work, um, what we struggle with, what we need to overcome, what our blind spots are, what we contribute to the world. And there's a lot of truth to it. Obviously people are resonating with it. And I've seen in my life and the lives of people that are close to me, it be powerful for people being able to understand themselves better, to grow personally, to heal, to, to be able to grow in relationship with other people, to understand where other people are coming from better, to have stronger relationships, to have more compassion for the differences between us. And yeah, like the, some of that history, I mean, Gurdjieff and Ichazo had very weird ideas, very weird ideas about religion, very weird ideas. I mean, there's definitely, um, some stuff there. And so I don't, in talking about the Enneagram, like, I don't want to pretend like that's not there because it is, but I, I think it's sort of the same, like even just psychology. Like I, I know people who are very skeptical about going to see a counselor because, psychology in the early 20th century the the people that created some of those series they had some really weird ideas and they had really um they were very anti-religion a lot of science was very anti-religion and still is today does that mean that they aren't making true observations or that it can't be used for good things because i think it can or i mean i think it just depends on what kind of how your what your logic is in approaching um, what you participate in as a believer. Mm -hmm. So, um, like I know somebody who does not participate in the holidays because they have pagan roots. They don't do Christmas. They don't do Easter. They don't do, um, any of the holidays because they have roots in paganism, our traditions, the tree, the, the, all of it has its pagan roots. So to them, it's devil worship. Yeah. And that's their conviction. Like, I'm not going to tell them like, oh, you're wrong for having that conviction. Right. You know, it follows a, a logical path that I, I think that that's not how I reason. That's not how I've chosen to reason out decisions in my life. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a Christmas tree in our home mm -hmm. because we do it because culturally there's a sentimental value to it. Mm -hmm. um, but we're not worshiping our Christmas, you know, like there's yeah. not, there's not, um, no matter where it started, there's not that aspect to it. Mm -hmm. But I, I still want to value and respect that people have convictions. Yeah. Um, and I am not here to tell someone, oh, your conviction is wrong. I just also want to be very honest about I, I don't have that conviction, obviously. I'm very passionate about personality, and I've seen the Lord use it to make a difference in people's lives. But, like, please don't diss my conviction that it's a powerful tool just because you have a different conviction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what Paul talks about. He says, like, we're 
each going to have those individual convictions that we could sit and argue about it all day. But why do that when we can do more productive things and, you know, I'll learn from this and you learn from that. But at the end of the day, we're both worshiping the same God. We're both, you know, Mm -hmm. We're, we're yeah. on the same team. Yeah, I like to say that there's essentials and there's non-essentials. When mm-hmm. it comes to our faith, there are things that we should not compromise on ever. Right. Um, Jesus is the son of God. We believe that wholeheartedly that he um, came to the earth and was born. He was fully human. He was fully God. And he lived a sinless life and died for our sins. Like those are things that we don't compromise on the fact that we, we, there was a fall that took place and we were born sinful. Mm -hmm. Like those are truths that we don't compromise on, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of other belief systems that are non-essentials. And I think as hard as it is, we have to learn to have compassion for one another, even in the non-essentials, even in the places where we disagree. comes down to it people logically approach things differently now there is there is logic that is universal an understanding of logic um and um there are logical fallacies and i think the whole world would do well to have a better education on logic really we are interpreting things differently but people that interpret scripture differently than i do whether it's on controversial topics like Calvinism and Arminianism, the uh, women in ministry, the role of the Jews in church, you know, in within the body of Christ. Yeah, there's all sorts of different things that people interpret scripture one way, and there's a lot of disagreement in the body of Christ over. But if I can recognize that those people, most likely, they were raised to believe something a certain way, they were taught a certain way, and they don't know anything different. And they also are, they love the Lord and they're trying to honor God and his word as best as they can. And if I can see that and recognize that and learn to have compassion for that, then I can approach relationship with those people with a lot of grace instead of going on social media and going on a rant about somebody that I think may never actually see like, you know, what I'm posting, but I think there's a tendency to just go at each other. Mm -hmm. and think that because it's on a social media platform and it's general that it's not personal and it's not hurting people but it does when when you attack someone's belief system it still hurts and I I think that we can teach what we believe and why we believe it and give kind of the rationale for that but I don't ever want to like angrily like attack somebody else's belief system which Mm -hmm. maybe none of this is relevant to this episode but yeah I don't know um I think that's so true I I like to know you know what is out there like the things that other people believe that I don't and I listen to podcasts and I you know open that door not to change what I believe but to know how other people in the world feel about the things that 
I feel about, mm-hmm. you know, they feel about these things differently. Yeah. And, and I know what I believe to be true and they believe something else to be true, but I never feel hated by those people. Yeah. And I don't want to be someone who they would feel hated by me because yeah. I believe something different as well. Yeah. And I think, I, I honestly, I think that's where Christians, where the church has um, not done well. Yeah. In, in a lot of ways, it's either you know, being hateful over a difference of belief with people within the body of Christ or with people outside of it, that there's a lot of, um, anger, a lot of backlash for all kinds of things, even before social media, like there was, you know, the church was known for being divisive in that way. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a tool of the enemy. I had a professor once that talked about, it's so much harder to be in relationship with believers than to be in relationship with non-believers. There's so much more conflict because we have an enemy um, that doesn't want to see us walk in unity, that doesn't want us to have a relationship with other believers that, um, that that's strong. And so uh, it's, it's a, totally a tool of the enemy to cause division, um, to tear apart the church, to tear apart the body of Christ. And we forget that we're in a battle, that there's more to this, that there are people who have never heard the name of Jesus, who don't know how much God loves them. They don't have a clue and they're, they're missing this whole world of faith that we have encountered and experienced. And we get to know the presence of God. And yet we end up fighting with one another instead of being able to share that light with other people fighting against darkness, being light and darkness. We miss that point. And so, um, bringing it all back around to the Enneagram Mm -hmm. Um, in talking about personality and talking about this tool to help people grow, to help people overcome their blind spots, to help people grow in compassion for one another. I don't ever want it to come across as being against people, like being against people who either don't agree with personality that they're like, Oh, well you're putting people in a box and you're labeling people. And we just need, we don't need that. You know, that's their conviction. And I don't want to, I'm not here to persuade anyone to believe anything. It's like, that's fine. Stay free. Stay out of the nine. Yeah. You know, you, you don't, you're not put in a box and, and don't let yourself be put there. If, if you don't want to understand Uh, yourself in that way then then don't exactly so I hope that our approach in doing this podcast and what's to come and teaching about the nine types it's it's really to share what I've learned and kind of submit it submit that that knowledge that understanding of how people work in addition to all the books I've read just also what I've observed in people that I've had conversations with Mm -hmm. um in a way that hopefully people can, you know, catch on to one or two things that they really relate to, or maybe that they never noticed about themselves. But once, once that was spoken, they, they started to realize like, oh, I do do that, you know, and they can start having conversations with people and are like, oh, is this an issue in my life? Oh, it's an issue in my life. And then they can go on a journey with the Holy Spirit to overcome that. It's, it's meant to be a tool to help bring freedom about in people's lives and um that's that's all that i'm really here to do 
is to kind of submit some knowledge and pray that the Lord uses it to bring about freedom in people's lives. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So that is the history of the Enneagram and kind of um, some of my heart behind doing this podcast and a little bit of a taste of what's to come and uh, even some of our reasoning for being okay with the Enneagram as believers, even though it's got some shady history. So Lord God, I thank you for what you've done and I thank you for all you're going to do. I ask that um, we would be led by you and glorify you, God, in all that we do and say. Lord God, I pray for each person that's listening to this podcast, that they would grow in compassion for their neighbor, that they would grow in love and compassion for both themselves and the people they're in relationship with, that you would strengthen us as believers, that we would walk in more unity than we do in divisiveness, that we would walk in more love than we do anger or hatefulness and disagreement. God, I just ask that you would strengthen us, that you you would continue to heal our hearts um, and and give us language to uh, walk in greater levels of freedom as a more whole person to live life abundantly through relationship with you through seeing how you see us Lord through your delight in us Um, and I ask these things in Jesus name amen Okay, friends, that's all we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening and following along with us as we share about the Enneagram. If this is something that you are excited about or that you believe in, please leave a review on iTunes podcast and don't forget to subscribe to us. And we have great content coming. We don't want you to miss a single thing. You can also follow us on Instagram at Originality Podcast and be sure to share with uh, on your social media platform and tag us. We'd love to hear from you.